Hey guys, so welcome to our spooky podcast. I am Brittany Spears. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. I messed up this podcast because I'm really annoying. Um, and he is the astronaut from Mars in the Oops, I Did It Again video. Um, Sam's crotch is a little tight, so he's uncomfortable. And then I tried to put $60 brown colored contacts in for 30 minutes. And you know, we've worked all day and we're just, couldn't get them in. So we just decided to start the podcast without the contacts. So I was a little heartbroken, but it's okay. So, um, since this podcast is for Halloween, we're going to tell some spooky stories and then Sam has found a couple topics for us to talk about as well. Yep. Welcome to episode four. All right. So, um, for our Halloween episode, like Shane said, we're going to discuss a couple, uh, a couple of things that are kind of off the, off the normal, uh, routine for us. So, um, Shane, you found this cool article about 16 true crime events that were turned into movies. So we figured we could kind of tell you about the actual event that happened, actual murder, whatever it might be. And then, uh, the, you know, recommend the movie for you. Cause <clears throat> I picked out a few of them that I thought were really cool here. Um, and that, that, uh, I haven't seen these movies. I've seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but... Um, these other two I thought were pretty disturbing. So can we do a scary movie marathon this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> um, that'd be cool. Um, so yeah, there's this. So the first one I picked, the movie that they made is called American Crime. And uh, it was released, what, 13 years ago, 2007. Um, and so it's basically about, it, this story's really crazy here. You can pull the link here, but... Um, going from my memory it's about this girl well it's actually two girls i think the one who ended up being killed was 16 and her younger sister and their parents were like carnival performers so they had to travel with with the uh carnival and their parents paid this woman to uh board their kids so for them to live with with, with this woman she you know watched them or took care of them and um, they would pay him every week and they would get paid every week from the carnival. And one week, they, um, their paychecks were late from the carnival. And th the landlord lady was really pissed and she took it out on the kids. And especially the, the elder one, called, her name's Sylvia Likens. And it gets really crazy because Basically, it kind of starts to like uh, escalate. And by the time that she was killed and they, they find her body and they go to trial and everything, this girl had like 100, I think it says 150 um, wounds. So like she was all burned and cut up. So basically this older woman, this 37 year old named Gertrude, she uh, started torturing this girl and like beating her up. And then these other kids who were in the neighborhood and some of the other kids who Gertrude was watching started joining in and like tort like torture, literally torturing this girl and, until they killed her. 
over the course of like two weeks. So it's just That's like, horrible. it's really disturbing. And this happened in Indiana, 1965. And I think I heard Kendall Ray, one of my favorite like true crime YouTubers covered the story. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, they say it's still the worst crime to ever happen in Indiana. Like the most disturbing crime. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And the movie's called an American crime. So that's a cool one to check out. I didn't know that it took place from like a car, like started out, her parents worked in the circus or whatever. It's interesting. The oh. next one is called Murder by Numbers. <laughs> um, the next one's called Murder by Numbers. And the backstory is the film is based off the case of Nathan Leopold and Richard Loeb. Not sure if I'm getting those names right. Two privileged college students who kidnapped and murdered a 14-year-old boy in an attempt to commit the perfect crime. It was a story that rocked the nation at the time, and it addressed the issues about privilege and class that are still relevant today. Not to mention they were in a very abusive relationship with each other, which built on a negative stereotype of gay men during the time. And the movie is called Murder by Numbers. What? Oh. Um, is there <clears throat> anything else you wanted to share about this? I haven't looked, I haven't read this story yet. Mm-hmm. Just sounded interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting yeah, I, have, I think it Ryan Gosling's in it. Yeah, he's in the movie, I'm for sure. And then the um, third one, again, I, I didn't want to read about the true story, but basically the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's kind of, it's, it's very loosely based on um, this real-life murderer whose name is Ed Gein. Um, and the this eerie similarity is that this guy would... Um, you know, mutilate the bodies of his victims, torture them. Feels weird talking about this podcast. <laughs> and uh, and he would wear their skin. So he oh. would skin them and wear their skin, just like in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I haven't seen that movie. <clears throat> Which when I was a kid, I was so scared. I hadn't I hadn't seen it when I was a kid, but I was so scared of it because I remember someone in elementary school told me about it. And I have watched one of them, and it is really freaky. I mean. It's just hellish and disturbing, so. God. <laughs> I know, I'm almost like, almost regretting talking about it. Yeah, when we were discussing, like, whether we should do this, should I look here or there? Which side's the camera? This side? Um, when we were discussing maybe doing this for the podcast, I was like, I don't really want to do, like, recent true crime i'd rather just like look back on older cases because honestly talking about true crime just freaks me out and i wanted to do more just like spooky ghost stories or something but um i thought that the movie one like i'm always looking for like scary movies during this time so i figured you guys might um want to watch some haunted movies that were based on real things So we found another article that was really interesting called the 43 most haunted places in the world that are beautifully scary. And um, the images in this article really are pretty. And I just 
thought that we could go over a few. Um, the first one on the list was Hoya Baiku Forest in <laughs> Romania. Am I saying that? That's how um, From the moment the military technician captured a photograph of a UFO hovering over the forest in 1968, um, Hoya Baku has gained paranormal notoriety around the world, with some believing it to be a portal that causes visitors to disappear. Those who have passed through the forest without being zapped into another realm have reported rashes, nausea, and feelings of anxiety. According to the independent known as the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle of Transylvania, the spooky curved trees that populate the forest just add to the eerie atmosphere. It does look pretty eerie. We could put like a overlay the picture right here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's pretty cool. You wanna go over the next one? Sure. Or um, did you just wanna pick a few? No, I can just pick one here. Oh, that one I thought was really creepy. Penitentiary? Eastern State Penitentiary, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The castle-like Eastern State Penitentiary took solitary confinement to new levels when it was built in 1829. Prisoners lived alone, exercised alone, and ate alone. When an, inmate, when an inmate left his cell, a guard would cover his head with a hood so he couldn't see or be seen. The prison had to abandon its solitary system due to overcrowding in 1913, although the forms of punishment did not get any less severe. Chaining an inmate's tongue to his wrists is one example. Oh. Before it, so that was, it didn't get any less severe before it closed for good in 1970. The site now welcomes thousands of visitors every year, both for its museum and Halloween celebrations. Reported paranormal happenings have included disembodied laughter, shadowy figures, and a really smelly fart. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? And pacing footsteps. That was a stupid joke. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> what was he going to say? Oh, so this reminds me. We have recently been watching, um, over our vacation, we watched Nurse Ratched. And we really recommend the show if you haven't seen it. It's... Um, I would say, like, if you don't like gore or, like, scary stuff, then it might not be the show for you, but it's not... I would say it's less gory than, like... It's a little less disturbing than American Horror Story, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely more... It's um, cinematically beautiful. It's very, like... Yeah. The art of how they shot it is really beautiful. Um, the costumes and the makeup is very, what time period? 50s, 60s? Yep. And yeah. it's all about um, a, what do you call that? Um, psych. A psych ward. And back in. Looney Bean. Back in the days that they were very um, cruel because they didn't know what they were doing pretty much and they would like you know, put people in ice boxes and do horrible things to people. Yeah, lobotomies. Like shock you, lobotomies. I guess it was right around the time they started lobotomies. 
Yeah, Nurse Wretched is, was is a great show, worth checking out. And we're also so that's on Netflix. And then we're also watching the Haunting of of Bly Manor. I think it's called. That's a good. Oh yeah, we just that's a good just haunted house show, and it's like uh, ten episodes long. It has some slow periods, I think, compared to Nurse Ratchet. That one's like amazing. Um, there is another haunted place which I thought we should go over because it is in the U.S. and we were just there, San Diego. It's the Wally House. Thomas Wally built this family estate in 1857 on the former site of San Diego's first public gallows. Shortly after he moved in, he reported hearing heavy footsteps of Yankee Jim Robinson, a drifter and thief who hanged on the site, who was hanged on the site four years ago before the house was built. Wally's family history ended up being filled with tragic deaths and suicide, many of which occurred inside the home itself. According to the Wally House Museum, some of the family member members still haunt the landmark, often accompanied by cigar smoke and the smell of heavy perfume. It's kind of creepy. Good old haunted house story. Sam and I were talking. Tell them what you said the other day about like haunted houses. The, oh, like the show? shows. How yeah. they just like redo it? Yeah, the, it it's like the, the one that we're watching right now. It's nothing new or revolutionary in my opinion. It it feels like the same story that's been told dozens and dozens of times, but it's still so entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like th- it's those type of stories are really good, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's do one more. Oh, I've been on this one. Okay, I can talk about this one. Um, so it's the Queen Mary in, in Long Beach. Um, man, actually, this is, this is cool. So I'll read, I'll read this little paragraph, and I'll tell you about my experience with it. Aside from a brief stint as a warship in World War II, the RMS Queen Mary served as a luxury ocean liner from 1936 to 1967. During that time, it was the site of at least one murder, a sailor being crushed to death by a door in the engine room, and children drowning in the pool. So, oh, so deaths. Um, The city of Long Beach purchased the ship in 1967 and turned it into a hotel, and it still serves that purpose today although the reported ghosts of the deceased passengers get to stay for free. Um, yeah, so it says visit the ship's engine room that's considered to be a hotbed of paranormal activity. So I, I'm trying to remember, but there was, yeah, so it's kind of known for You've been on the ship? Yeah, we went on a field trip in elementary school. Um, was it like, is, does the boat just sit there or does it actually drive? I don't think it moves, um, but um, yeah. I, so I was pretty sure that I saw or felt a ghost when I was on that ship, um, which is weird because I usually think of myself as someone <laughs> who's never seen ghosts. And um, but this just reminded me of it. And then when I went back home, I remember thinking that this ghost was in my room. But you know, I was a young kid, imagination. You know, but yeah, the Queen Mary, I highly recommend going there. It was cool when I was in fifth grade. I don't know if it's still be cool, but um, yeah. 
All right, next we're gonna get into, we're only gonna do a few of our regular topics since the first half we did spooky stories and it's getting a little late for us because we did this after work. It's like 9.40 and we're tired. Um, so Sam researched a little bit in the tech category. Tell them what you found. So yeah, in our last talk show, <clears throat> we talked about iOS 14 coming out um, and the Apple keynote that where they announced a new Apple Watch and they just they just released the iPhone 12. So basically a lot of stuff's been happening with Apple um, leading up into the holidays like usual. But they released a new iPhone 12. I mean, I won't get too much into that. Neither of us have it. I haven't looked at it in person. So if you're interested, you can go watch someone's review of it. So I did think that this uh, topic was interesting to talk about in regards to Apple's and Google and search engines. So the Department of Justice is doing an investigation into Google and Apple's relationship because basically they estimate that Apple, or sorry, they estimate that Google pays Apple eight to $12 billion a year, billion dollars, so that on iPhones, Google is the default search engine. Um, and they, you know, I, I don't know what you would call this, but it's, it's kind of a sketchy, like business practice basically. Um, and is it they're, that? yeah, I mean, cause it, it's there, it, it's kind of like moving towards being a monopoly basically. Yeah. Um, but it's also like if they weren't huge companies, no one would care. <laughs> Oh, I'm just saying that that's why they're doing it. Yeah. So, no, I'm just trying to think, like, is it really illegal, you know? So, um, the interesting thing is that when Apple released the iOS 14, um, and I actually kind of noticed this, but I wasn't sure what it was, but if any, anybody that has an iPhone and you got the software update, when you go into your Safari and you start searching, it'll give you like recommended results that are from Apple's search engine and no longer from Google. So it, they kind of like quietly shifted to using their own search engine, which I don't know, it might, it might sound like it's a small thing, but it's it's actually like a really huge deal. And <clears throat> because if you think about it, like that's, that's at the core of everyone's experience with the internet is Google. Um, or whatever search engine they choose to use. So what's so Apple's search engine called? Um, I don't know if it's called AppleBot, but I, that's like the technology that's behind it, AppleBot. Um, and so I don't even know if they have like a real name for it, Apple Search, probably something like that. But I was reading this article about it, a couple articles about it, and I found a couple interesting facts too, where in, this is pretty common practice, but in April of 2018, so, you know, what was that, like two and a half years ago, um, Apple stole Google's head of search, or not stole, but they hired him from Google. I mean, you can only imagine like how much money that, that they had most have paid that guy to leave Google. Um, his name's John Giannandrea. Um, but, so they did that about two and a half years ago. And then lately, Google's had a lot of job postings for search engineers as they kind of continue to ramp up their search op operations and, and building up the search engine. So that could just be something interesting. Like, I, I think that, like I said, I think that Google or whatever search engine you use is at the center of your experience with the internet. And since um, a lot of us 
mainly access the internet on our mobile devices, um, or at least largely, you know, for, uh, for a large portion of it, we run our mobile devices, and that that default search engine is gonna be Apple moving forward on iPhones. It probably won't be a huge change to us. I mean, it, I, I didn't really notice Remember it. Remember when we all used to use Ask Jeeves and Yahoo? Yeah, yeah. So Those were the simple days. Just Yeah, it's just interesting. And then, you know, we talked about it too, how Apple's kind of giving you more privacy features. I have noticed that with the new software update where it asks you more specifically about your uh, access privileges privileges for each app. I can really talk right now, but um, I'm just tired. But yeah, I just thought that was a cool little thing because it's kind of, it's, it's related to what we talked about in the last episode. Um, so that's what we have for tech. Next, we're gonna go into pop culture. And um, because I dressed up as Britney Spears, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the free Britney movement and a little bit about the music industry in general. Um, so as a lot of you guys have probably seen, Britney Spears has gone to court again recently to reassess her conservatorship. So um, I believe that the conservatorship that she has, that she's in and she's been in since like 2008 maybe, 2007, um, she cannot legally vote. Um, she has to like have permission to like get married, have kids. Um, she's not in charge, like her medical, um, everything medical is not really in her control. Um, and it's actually her father and this manager named Lou Taylor and the lawyer, the legal team that they use that control all of her money. And, um, pretty much a lot of people speculate that they have been control, like putting too much control over her for a really long time and that she's kind of went along with it because if you look back through Britney's life and her interviews, the number one thing that she's always wanted is to have a family and um, she, ever since she had kids, They've been like, and she got divorced from Kevin Federline, is that his name? Yeah. Um, they have kind of been threatening to take away a lot of her privileges if she doesn't abide by certain things. So, um, you know, she had to take like drug tests and stuff to make sure she could have her kids. And a lot of these things that normal people don't have to do but because she is so, like, the media constantly follows her around, um, I think that we're actually, a lot of celebrities we think have it easy, right? Like, they maybe get out of tickets more and stuff like that, but they're also under a microscope, so any of their mistakes that they make, we kind of, like, like, I don't know how many times I've gotten pissed and, like, in my life, growing up and like punched my wall when no one was around or like 
you know, slam something or we all like slam doors and throw fits, you know, but I don't have 30 paparazzi on me at all times. And if I did, I might have taken an umbrella and hit one of their cars or something. And then at the whole world. Is that what she did? Yeah. Back in like 2000, 2008. And, um, you know, maybe if all of those things happen, maybe I would do that too publicly. And then that image would be branded. One little thing that I did brands me forever and like takes away all my control and like dictates whether I can be a mother and whether I can vote and all of these things. And I believe that, yes, maybe people need support and you never know like what they are going through mental health wise. But um, I think Sam can agree to this, that like when it comes to your mental health, you have to decide and do those things on your own. You can't be forced to do anything because if you're forced to do it, then you can't heal the way that you're supposed to heal because you can't force anybody to like heal. You know what I mean? So like forcing someone into a rehab, time and time again or forcing them to take medicine it doesn't really work they kind of have to you kind of have to let them be free and then come to those things on their own and so I just think it's really messed up how um it allegedly seems like her life has been so controlled by her father and I mean if you think about it all of our parents if they had the option would control us you know our parents want to like pick the place we live they want to pick our major they want you know because parents care and love us so much and they want us to be safe and live safe lives they if you gave them the option of course they would like be like well Shaney's not going to live in St. Louis she's going to live in Carthage with me you know like They would just say things like that. Um, And so I'm sure that even though Brittany is a grown woman, um, because her dad was allowed this control, that he never really like loosened his grip on that, you know, it seems. But maybe not, maybe there's more to the story. Um, And because she's famous, you know, there is, like a lot more worry of like, um, well, if we just let her be free, she could get herself into some real danger because people try to take advantage of her and all of this other stuff. But at some point you have to let people make mistakes on their own. And that's how I feel. So free Brittany, I think she's old enough to make mistakes and make her own decisions and live life and grow and learn. Um, because she has like she's talked about freedom in all of her interviews and her music forever and i agree that she should have a trust like protect her money like i should have like i want financial people to deal like manage my money like if i had that much money like of course i would want like my money managed like have you know people that know what they're doing manage your money but you still have to give her the freedoms to like drive her car and let her feel like a real human being because she is a human being. So hashtag free Britney. Um, please support the movement and show Britney love and support. Um, I could go on and on about this topic forever and what like my conspiracy of 
things and what I think happens when you use um, benzos and all kinds of things that they a lot of times give people for anxiety and what can what it can do to your brain and how it can change you. Um, but I won't go into those types of things. So I will let you talk about your health topic. Cool. I'm glad. I'm glad we talked about Brittany too because it's only it's only right, you know. When yeah. You, since since that's what we're dressed up. Well, since you are and, and I'm the music video guy. <laughs> the music video. <laughs> I can really talk right now. We thought about doing uh, Justin Timberlake and Brittany like when they're in the denim outfits, but this just seemed like an easier costume. So. Maybe we can do that next year. And this we'll like more time this is one of my favorite looks from her. I just think it's like so iconic. Yeah. And it matches, like, my hair. did it better, though, my hair. being honest. Did it better than her? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's sweet of you. For the last topic, um, I wanted to do something in health. So, leading up to just now filming this podcast, um, I was scrolling through Google News in all the different health sub uh, subsections. And um, I, I'm really obsessed with nutrition lately and just thinking about nutrition, what's the best diet to do for different goals. Um, and <laughs> so I was looking in the nutrition one as well as the fitness one and the workout routines. And basically I found like back to back to back articles that were conflicting each other. And so for example, one would say you know, oh, intermittent fasting is great for weight loss. And then one would say, well, actually, no, it's it's bad. And you should eat, you know, three to four square meals a day with snacks in between that have protein, carbs, and fat. And then another one would say, carbs are what make you fat, carbs and sugar because of the insulin response. Um, and if you don't eat carbs and sugar, you won't get fat. I can tell you that that's not true just by itself you have to be at a calorie deficit what because i've i i've not lost weight without eating carbs so it's true but um basically just wanted to discuss that because I, i've i've had my struggles going but you've back you've also lost weight not eating carbs with not tracking your calories just doing omad right yeah but I've also lost weight not, I've also lost weight eating carbs. Mm -hmm. yeah. Basically, basically the point I wanted to get across and I wanted to hear your take on it too, um, is just, you know, how can we find good information? Who, how do we know who to trust? What, what's the best kind of route to, uh, to pursue, you know, whatever your goals are. You know, some people want to gain weight and put on muscle or, get to a healthy weight or some people want to get to a healthy weight and by losing weight um, or just body recomposition, l lose fat, build muscle at the same time. You know, some people want to get taller, can't help you there, but um, whatever your goal is, right? You're going to try to find some information. Stilts. Stilts, yeah. I know all kinds of stilts. Yeah. But basically what, what I would say, like just sharing my experience is that trying different things out and just seeing what works for you is a good idea. Or I don't know if that's, I'm not telling you what to do, but that's what's worked for me. Um, because even like nutrition research is, is honestly like, it just has a lot of flaws. I mean, 
you know, you can find flaws in any research article, but um, what I've found is like that doing what's optimal, optimal for me might not be what's technically optimal in the literature. And if you can find a plan and routine... And what's that, optimal, optimal for you today may not be the next day or the next day. Our days are different. Theo was actually talking about this the other day. Did you listen to his podcast? Like, you know, there's not one thing that works because every day is structured so differently. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one day intermittent fasting may work super great for you because you're super busy. And then one day you might be like working out more and hiking and skateboarding and being more active. And that day fasting doesn't work as well for you. You know what I mean? Because you need the carbs or you're hungry or... You know. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe I just, yeah, maybe I'm hungry and I eat breakfast. And it's like, well, that doesn't mean I'm going to gain weight because I eat breakfast. You know what I mean? It's pretty simple. I mean, like, I think it's really prominent to talk about fat loss because that's the thing that most people are concerned with. I mean, most people in America are obese. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I don't think anybody wants to be obese. Um and when it comes to that, I mean, it's, it's like simple, but it's, but there's going to, uh, there's a lot of information out there. A lot of people trying to sell you their meal plan, their supplement, their product, their workout plan. They're trying to just sell you on them as an inf as a fitness influencer. I mean, it, it can get confusing. Um, and I feel like both of us, neither of us are anti diet or anti like trying a certain way of eating. Because there's a whole, like, movement of being, and, like, diets are bad. Well, no, a diet is just what you eat. But that word has became stigmatized as, like, bad, right? Yeah. So, yeah. no matter if you're... Yeah, if a doctor would ask you, well, what's your diet like? It just means, what do you eat? Yeah. yeah. And so, and everyone eats differently. So, you know... Everyone's on a different diet, whether you're on a diet or not. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, whether you're dieting mm -hmm. is the difference, I think. And um, for me, it also comes down to your preference of foods and like how you how you want to um, my hair just keeps um, how you want to do your calories comes down to your preferences of food. So if you hate, you know, meat and cheese, then keto may not be for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you're someone that kind of has a salty tooth like me, and you know, once you get out of your carb cravings and like go through the whole like keto flu, that you no longer really crave carbs that much, except for the nightly like keto halo top <laughs> and peanut butter <laughs> then a keto lifestyle may be more for you because you kicked those cravings where like people are like well diet you become obsessed and it's unhealthy well yeah but that can be the same for a non-diet like when I'm 
yeah. not dieting. That argument's so stupid. I'm obsessing over Big Macs and like, what's gonna be my next meal? Mission Taco. I'm going to get on Uber Eats and see what, and I'll like go through my menu for an hour and then spend way too much money on food. Yeah. Um, there's, it's the pendulum swings both ways. And, um, so we're not anti-diet either. We're, um, anti, or we're pro, we're pro evolving growth and trying different things that work for you. And, Obviously, making sure you get all of your vitamins and your nutrients and your micronutrients is, like, super important and protein. Because neither of us probably does. You know, we both, I mean, we take multivitamins, right? I mean... I take a prenatal vitamin. Um, I'm saying, like, from our foods. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm talking about just make sure you're getting them, what, yeah. no matter how you're getting them. Um, I mean, yeah, like, so, so I don't know if we've said on the podcast, you're a NASM certified personal trainer and you, when we met, you were, my certification's now expired, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when we met, you were, you had several clients that you were, um, working with like outside of your nine to five. And so Shaney's been into <clears throat> fitness and health for a while. And I kind of was into it for a while growing up. And then I wasn't, and then now I'm like obsessed with it again. But like, I can just say for me, like if someone told me, oh, you're so obsessed with diets, which I am, like I, I'm, I'm, I've tried this diet, that diet, and I get all excited about it. I'd be like, yeah, you're right. But it, it's helped me lose weight. And, and even sometimes I'll be trying to diet and I won't lose any weight. And it's like, if I, you know, it, you, you can look at that one way and go, oh man, well, I'm doing all this work and I haven't even lost weight, but it's like, well, if you weren't doing the work, I would have, if I wasn't doing the work, I would have gained weight so quick. Yeah. So, so it's, you would have been, you like, would have taken five steps back instead of staying in the same place. Right. And losing weight that can sound so shallow and vain and whatever, but Sam had troubles sleeping. His sleeping is improved. Like, he well, yeah, had, and it's like, I think he had sleep apnea where he would like, you know, I seem like he's not breathing and he was constantly yelling in his sleep and like snoring so loud and a lot of those things have improved so um we're not just talking yeah it's not just about weight but losing well losing weight is if you're if you're fat and you need to lose fat which I still have a lot of fat to lose so and it's like I've gotten stronger while I've lost weight so it's you know it's it's fat that I've lost but it's not all about weight. Like I said, like some people and lose, have different goals. What I know? was trying to say is losing weight health. is not always about vanity metrics and like looking good in the mirror and like the shallow thing. Sometimes losing it's weight, <laughs> sometimes losing weight really is, I think in culture we've made it well, only, <laughs> I think in culture we've made it only about like the mirror and the clothes and the swimsuit body, but losing weight, sometimes you go to the doctor and they tell you, you need to lose weight. And that's not all because of, it's not because the doctor wants you to look sexy. It's because the doctor wants you to get some of your, you know, it wants you to sleep better, wants you to be able to, you know, um, not be so tired in the day. And your your metabolic health, when. When you have a better ratio of lean body mass to fat mass, you're you're you literally have a better metabolism where you're you partition nutrients 
in a more favorable manner. And, and that, that's just that's just good for your health. Like it's it's undeniable that and that's our the truth. food system and the way our foods are chemically made set us all up to fail. Yes, Every single one of us are set up to fail. So if you've been trying to lose weight and you can't, don't feel ashamed because every single one of us, that's why it's billion dollar industries. I don't really know if it's billion dollars, but um, I'm pretty sure what, it's like- the food industry? Yeah, or oh. not, not the food industry, the losing weight, like the fitness industry. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's why, you know, it's a billion dollar industry because no one knows how really to get fit. It's very hard. Most people fail at it um, numerous, 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 numerous times before they have success. And there's no shame in that. Like we are literally set up to fail. Our bodies were not made to sit at a desk all day, every day, and then eat these things that were plugged in from engineers figuring out how can we make people eat this entire bag of chips? Let's put fake fats, tons of extra sugar and stuff that never would have been found out in found in nature. Our ancestors did not just have a grocery store right up the block that they got to drive their nice warm car to and they didn't have Uber Eats that could just bring anything anytime you're feeling, oh, I'm kind of bored. I think I'm gonna get some chips, you know, like, our ancestors didn't have that. And like, because we had to search and find our own food, our brains are set up to have dopamine receptors, much like, you know, somebody that's addicted to cocaine or cigarettes or any of those kind of, even social media, um, which I'm sure I'm addicted to. Um, the dopamine receptors in our brain go off when we eat and it rewards us for eating because Back in the day when we had a shortage of food, we had to be rewarded to go get food to make us go get the food to survive. But so now, like, so don't feel ashamed or, you know, like we are all struggling to stay healthy. And that's why, you know, you almost have to make it an obsession and make it a huge priority in your life to even be somewhat successful at, you know, reaching goals. Yeah. At least I do. I do too. I have, I I have to make it a. I don't have to make it an obsession, but I do. I mean, I enjoy it. I like the process. I have to it. make it a constant priority and remind myself of why. Why do I choose but to fuel myself this way over this way? Here's here's like the one thing I wanted to say. So, it's kind of hard to find like universal truths with nutrition, you know, but. If you find yourself looking for like a quick way to lose weight or the easy way to lose weight or the easy way to build muscle or whatever it is, you know, um, the work you're trying to avoid is the way. So if you're trying to avoid, you know, being mindful of eating whole foods and proper macronutrient ratios, like by fasting or by keto or whatever, or by veganism, like that, like that's not the secret. The secret is what you're trying to avoid. Like that, it's not, a, and it's not a secret. You know what I mean? Wait, so me avoiding vegetables by eating cheese dogs is not good. <laughs> well, you know, good, better, best scenario. 
But yeah, guys, um, we can go on and on about this stuff. But, you know, basically, basically our topic is just, hey, if, if you guys are confused out there reading articles or even, you know, reviewing the scientific literature and being confused about it, Everyone we is. feel you. We feel you. Um, no one really knows what know, they're talking about. Like, Not even the even the scientists argue. The experts argue. Yeah, and and people like us, you know, we're like neither of us is like strongly attached to like one religion of of food or something. You know what I mean? And like I love keto, carnivore, but you know, it's like if you're vegan, I bet that's great too. You know what I mean? I don't I don't care, and. But a lot of a lot of people in the industry, <coughs> they have a product or a methodology to sell you, whether it be an app or a workout plan or whatever, and they're gonna act like that's the best way that they know the best way because of this study and like, you you can find studies you know you can find a lot of studies to support a lot of different points that are conflicting, so, you know. But if that meal plan or that person's thing, you know, inspires you and helps hold you accountable, there's nothing wrong with spending the money and investing into your health either, you know? Yeah. It's just like with anything in life, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Probably is. I had a lot of success, actually, um, when I was <coughs> preparing for Miss Illinois, doing carb cycling, I had an influencer bodybuilder girl um, actually make me a meal plan. And it, because I spent the money and had the Miss Illinois competition and had this girl that I was sending my, <coughs> sorry, my weight and my measurements every two weeks or whatever in picture before. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> Um, before and after pictures do, it helped hold me accountable. So there's nothing wrong if you're one of those people that buys the meal plan because I've done that before too. Oh, yeah. It's so nuanced. Yeah, I'm probably going to buy a recipe book pretty soon. Yeah, we have a lot of recipe Honestly, like recipe I, I want to buy recipe books of, of YouTubers that I watch so much just to support them. But uh, <laughs> I can't really justify doing it just to support them at this point. But yeah, there's there's a lot of good no there's a lot of good information out there and there's a lot of bad too. So you know, get your get your science hat on and, and try to figure it out to the best of your ability. At the end of the day, you know, try to find the the basics and just understand the basics. And try different things. The, the basics will get you most of the way there. Try different things and figure out what you and your body likes and what your schedule and, you know, your preferences, what works for you. Yeah, whatever you're gonna stick with, like any diet is, will work, but you just have, you just have to stick with it. And, and, it, and it's hard, and, but if you enjoy it and it works with your lifestyle, that's perfect. So, you know, Shaney's cheese dogs and, and Halo Top diet, it works for her. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> That's not all sheets, but but um, you know the carnivore diet worked for me because I love steak. Is it the best diet? No, I don't think it's the best diet, but it worked for me. It was the and best another thing that, that people like don't like. You have to remember is 
after you lose the weight that you want, you have to have a maintenance plan and And reverse diet. Um, because if you don't have a maintenance plan, then what you do is you end up eating like you did before because you're like, Oh, I want to reward myself. I've reached my goal. And then you no longer have reached yeah, that something goal. I will say real quick that I hear a, a lot of, and I think is like a, the wrong idea is don't weigh yourself every day. <clears throat> like I've heard several I told people, him, tell, I several, told people him that. <laughs> several people have told me that. I think it's the most foolish advice because like w- w- your weight fluctuates so much throughout the day, throughout, throughout the week, Which was my depending reason. on the time of the day. Exactly. But if you only weigh yourself once a week, then how do you know what fluctuation is? Is it at the high end or the low end? But if you weigh yourself at the same time, every single day, right after you go pee, that's going to be a pretty good indicator when you average it over the week of what you actually weigh. And, but if you do it one time a week at the gym, like I said, you could be in a range of 10 pounds. You don't know if you're at the top or bottom of that or in the middle. You don't know if it's accurate. So. I just think personally that weighing is kind of dumb in the, anyway. Like my main, like, yes, weigh yourself. If you want that metric to go from, but take measurements and take pictures. Take measurements. Look in the mirror. That's the, that's the best body fat scan that you'll ever get is looking in the mirror. Well, in pictures because you document it and then you can put them side by side by side and you can truly like, especially if you wear the same underwear and bra in every single picture, like my Miss Illinois transformation in like literally in three months was like insane. Um, and I just took like the same photos in front of the same door and it's so much easier to actually see your progress that way. And especially the measurements too. And then just how your clothes are fitting. Yeah. So I think that's enough for that topic. Sounds good. Good night. um, (laughs) Good night. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys for listening and um, have a great Halloween. Stay safe. We love you. Bye.